Hey, you're listening to John Gregory Vincent here with the Surfacing Inclusive Leadership Podcast. This is leadership I learned the hard way during my 14 years on submarines. After a Gallup gig, working for the best human behavioral organization in the world, I was ready to launch my coaching, advising, and training company, The Submarine Way. So hey, let's cast off all lines because we're getting underway, The Submarine Way. This episode is brought to you by Submarine Way Wellness, manufacturers of the purest supplements on earth. From lab to your living room, every step is taken to ensure the purest purity and the potency is the finest available anywhere. Learn more at submarinewaywellness.com. Imagine, if you will, a plane crash. A plane crash so severe, so epically devastating, that when they search the ocean, they cannot find a piece of the plane more than three or four feet in diameter. The plane crashed almost full throttle into the ocean. The family members left with baby shoes, with parts of bags, and not much else. Imagine five months later, a plane eerily similar to the first story I just told. Shortly after takeoff, a veer, a dive, and again at five or six hundred miles an hour, the plane crashes to earth. Almost nothing was left of this plane other than a huge, deep crater in the earth where family members were left dropping flowers, dropping notes, And obviously, in both cases, devastated. In total, more than 300 people perished in these two crashes that looked extremely similar from takeoff to crash. What I'm speaking of is two Boeing 737 MAX 8. The crashes that occurred on Lion Air, and the second one on Ethiopian Air. Combined, these two crashes killed 346 people in less than five months. The Lion Air crash happened in October of 2018, and the Ethiopian Air crash occurred in March of 2019. The aircraft and design were new, and preliminary investigations into the crashes show alarming similarities. They both point to manufacturing and the malfunctioning of the maneuvering characteristics augmentation system. 
the acronym MCAS, also referred to as the Automated Flight Control System. This malfunction was eventually agreed to by Boeing as the cause of these crashes. So how did this happen? How could a plane that has been in the air successfully since 1967, I'm referring to the original 737 here, literally and figuratively crash? What if any business decisions contributed to this crash? The original 737 had been a money-making aircraft for Boeing for many years. However, facing competition from newer and more efficient designs from aircraft maker Airbus, which actually had surpassed Boeing for the first time in history that another manufacturer had surpassed Boeing in the number of orders for an airplane. Boeing felt that they need to quickly retrofit the old 737 because building an entirely new plane would simply take too long and cost too much. Thus the birth of the 737 MAX. The research had shown that these new engines, the fuel efficiency of them and just the sheer size, was going to require more ground clearance. So Boeing moved the new 737 MAX engines forward. As a result, the wings were also moved forward and the landing gear extended. Moving the wings and engines forward changed the aircraft's flight characteristics. One of the characteristics is it caused the nose of the plane to have a tendency to pitch up while in flight, especially during takeoff. Rather than redesign the airframe or correct the pitch problem through proper engineering, Boeing decided to simply patch the deadly flaw, potentially deadly flaw, and actually, in reality, the true deadly flaw, with this new automated flight control MCAS system. An amazing thing about the MCAS system is before the Lion aircraft, the first crash in October of 2018, the pilots did not even know the system was on the airplane. In fact, when you looked at the flight manuals and the operation manuals, the only way you could know that this thing even existed was when you went to the back and you could find the acronym for MCAS. Not a single sentence in the entire manual talked about even what it was. According to the Netflix documentary named Downfall, which I highly recommend you watch, and certainly public opinion, prior to 2018, Boeing had enjoyed a great reputation and safety record. The saying, if it ain't Boeing, I'm not going is a public testimony to the trust the company enjoyed. Again, I ask, how did this happen? And once identified as a potential problem, 
How did Boeing allow a business-as-usual approach, leading to the second crash? In fact, they only made a small adjustment after the first crash. And that small adjustment was to simply insert that pilots, should there be any malfunction of the MCAS system, they should simply turn it off. They had 10 seconds to do this before a malfunctioning MCAS system would create an unrecoverable situation. There were a lot of failings here, including the FAA. Two years after the Ethiopian crash, a quote-unquote independent investigation by the FAA, wait for this, concluded that without a complete redesign, it was estimated that once every two years, a 737 MAX would crash. They presented this finding to Boeing with all their power, with all their authority, with all their reputation, and with all of their lobbyists, and convinced the FAA that there were way too many assumptions in their model and the FAA withdrew the report. So how did the families react beyond the obvious grief? They started going to Washington to hold Congress accountable for doing more, to convince them to hold Boeing accountable. When they started to show up at hearings, they brought pictures of loved ones. And the audacity in the chambers was that they considered pictures of their sons, daughters, parents, grandparents, children of children, were the equivalent of protest signs and should not be brought. They brought them anyway. And that ridiculous ruling or statement or whatever it was, was ignored. Meanwhile, after the crash of the Ethiopian airline, it became clear that the pilots did everything Boeing asked them to do, including, again, remember they added this after the Lion aircraft, that the MCAS system be shut off. That was their solution. You have 10 seconds after you realize a potential catastrophic failure to shut the system off. If you don't do this until second 13 or 14, it's unrecoverable. Here's why it's unrecoverable. And I'm gonna use a submarine analogy here. The rear flaps, and I may not have the ter terminology right, so forgive me if I don't, of the 737 MAX all the way back at the tail. When they go in a full up position, the wind, the sheer speed, forces violently the nose of the plane down. On a submarine, they're called stern planes. If the stern planes fail, most likely because of a hydraulic failure, if they fail in that same position that those rear, I think they're called stabilizers, on that 737 MAX fail, it will do the exact same thing if the submarine is traveling at, at speed. 
it will throw the bow down and the submarine will plummet to the depths. There is no other way to overcome the force of those stern planes because they're so far aft on the submarine, just like these rear stabilizers. The only way to recover from this casualty on a submarine is to completely slow down. In fact, to almost go dead in the water. Well, what happens to an airplane if you slow down so much? In a submarine, you can still control it. You're in the water. If you do that in an airplane, you fall out of the sky. So your choices are throttle down and fall out of the sky or throttle up or not do anything with the throttles and basically like a missile plummet into the sky or in Lyon's case, the ocean. An unrecoverable catastrophic failure of a system of pilots were never trained on. One thing to note here, in the past, in the 50s and 60s and 70s, Boeing was an engineering company first. They built safe products that took Americans and, and, and took, took Americans, I should say, it was great pride that, that Americans took in building these planes. They engineered the 707 in the 50s, and then in the 60s, the 727. And in 1969, the 747, the largest aircraft of all time at, at that time, holding upwards of 450 people. Boeing represented innovation, sound engineering, happy employees, and the best engineers and employees in the world. And this was all true until the merger with McDonnell Douglas. With this merger, McDonnell Douglas was in charge. And from the highest officers in the company, there was a sea change at Boeing because it became more financially focused, aiming to become a darling on Wall Street. The new CEO said, we are in business to make money. All of a sudden, every meeting focused on shareholder value and stock price. The new Boeing company cut thousands of people expected more with less. I put an emphasis on developing airplanes faster and cheaper. Speed the market became a priority over safety. To get away from those annoying engineers raising real concerns, they literally moved their headquarters from Seattle, where things were being manufactured, and built to Chicago, where they had no manufacturing facilities. And internal memos later showed that they did this to get away from those, wait for it, annoying engineers. As I said, speed to market became a higher priority over safety. So much so that Boeing knew that the major effects of this MCAT system was going to have and the potential deadly results of it was going to be a significant operational change in how pilots would have to react and deal with this. Meaning significant enough that every single pilot in the world before they could fly an operational 737 MAX would have to go through extensive training. This would obviously cost hundreds of millions of dollars and significantly delay the time airlines who bought these could fly. So Boeing simply said, let's hide this from the FAA and from everyone else. And hopefully 
no one will notice. How'd that work out for those more than 300 people that died and their loved ones? The new CEO, or I should say CEOs, because you had Boeing and you had McDonnell Douglas, were all highly compensated and received bonuses based on stock price. It was the perfect storm. One engineer said it felt like we were making washing machines, not airplanes. The production process went from 15 quality people per building to just one. And it was essentially a rubber stamp. So how did employees react? What happened if they pointed out the growing problems in manufacturing? Anyone who dared to put safety concerns in writing paid a price. Thousands of employees were cut. And being outspoken about your concerns was not only not valued, it was essentially going to be the end of your employment at Boeing. When all was said and done, Boeing was outed for their secrets, their design flaws, their quality issues, and their lock, and then there was the lack of compassion for families and the deceased. Was anyone fired? There's a CEO, which I'll talk about a little more, that was asked to step down. Did they leave in shame? No. Were there any criminal charges filed? No. None at all. On December 23rd, 2019, Boeing announced that uh, his last name is Mullenberg. He was the CEO and that he had been asked to resign by the board of directors because of the two crashes. He did forfeit stocks, but... He was contractually entitled and received $62.2 million in stock and pension awards. Folks, that's about $182,000 for every person who died. Let that sink in. Responsible for the death of more than 300 people. And not only... Did nobody go to jail for this? But the person ultimately responsible, the person on a submarine, the commanding officer, who is, that person's losing their job and their career is over. And then it's just a question of who else is losing their job when there's nowhere near this serious a casualty on a submarine. He was rewarded with the equivalent of $182,000 per person he was responsible for killing. Do you know there's kids out there that get sentenced to five or ten years in in prison for possession of marijuana, which is legal in what, 20, 25 states? And this person who was responsible for the death of more than 300 people gets $62 million. When will things change? When stock prices don't rule quality and personal personal integrity matters and deals aren't completed based on delivery of nothing, his contract was in place long before results. 
performance-based compensation, not just dollars, but many factors, including quality, customer satisfaction, must be tied to contractual compensation. How many CEOs are leaving with golden parachutes in companies that have failed, that have literally gone bankrupt? And how many of them have surfaced as a CEO of another company? Because only a Fortune 300 CEO can run a Fortune 300 CEO company. Uh, I should say a Fortune 300 company. Even if they butchered it in their last job. And what if employees were allowed to weigh in? What if they had a say in the performance of senior management and that say went to the board, not to senior management? I'm just throwing that out there. I hope you listen to this several times because there are direct correlations when any company loses sight of their humanity and instead focuses on stock price, focuses on VC, focuses on private equity, focuses on self grandeur or self gain over employees, over customers, over clients, over the effects their products might have on the people that are going to be using them. So I encourage you to listen to this several times, and I encourage you to share it with others. This is John Gregory Vincent. The podcast is Surfacing Inclusive Leadership. The company is The Submarine Way. What do we do? We build inclusive leaders at every level in every individual. We do this from a methodology raised from submarines, and we do it through a four-step process. We assess, we coach individuals, then we coach those individuals in a team setting, and then we reinforce their new behaviors to make sure they stick. Reach us easily on our website, thesubmarineway.com. There's contact links everywhere. Or reach out to us directly on LinkedIn. John Gregory Vincent, or our president and founder, Deb Cake Fortin. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. We appreciate the success of this podcast because obviously that's only because of you. And to each and every one of you, be well.